May only truth be spoken here and only truth be heard in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Please be seated. So yesterday afternoon was our Mother's Day tea. And I have to say it was, as you'll probably hear more at the announcements, it was a phenomenal success. It was a delight. It was a total delight. I am now only going to be eating food with the crusts cut off of it because I, <laughs> because I have seen the light. Um, <laughs> now, there were so many people gathered uh, at this tea from both within St. James, uh, those serving and those partaking, and, and also folks from the wider community. There were a lot of people there were, of course, people who'd been looking forward to the return of the tea, but there were also a lot of people who had never been to the tea before. People came, I, I talked to a woman who came from Beacon, talked to others, a family who had just moved to Hyde Park. And so it was a wonderful way for a whole lot of different folks to celebrate their mothers, their aunts, and those who mother. Um, and because I got to go spend time at, at most of the tables and speak to most of the people there, I'll tell you that while there was joy and celebration in that room, there were also a lot of people in that room who came to that tea to celebrate mothering, but also carrying griefs that were private or not so private. Um, and it reminded me, these conversations, that today, Mother's Day, can be a complex day, right? Most of us come here not only celebrating the people who mothered us, but also carrying within that joy, within that sweetness, a bitterness, a loss, a grief. There are people here and people at that tea yesterday who were mourning their mothers who had lost their mothers. There were mothers who had lost children. There were would-be parents who were mourning the children that never came into, the, into their lives in the way they'd hoped. There are all kinds of ways that grief gets mixed up in the joy and the celebration of being loved and having the gift of sharing that love with others. And on a complicated day, it's really helpful, I think, to hear the words of Jesus, who promises, what does he say today? I will not leave you orphans. In some texts that's translated, I will not leave you comfortless. I will not abandon you. In the gospel today, he's speaking to the disciples on the brink of his death, we started, um, he's continuing his speech to them that began last Sunday, where he lays out to them after their last meal together that he's about to go through this process of dying and being raised again. But he's laying out for them the reality that they are not always going to have him with them in the way that they have had him with them. 
He is not always going to be with them in the way that they have come to find comfort and trust in his presence. And even as he lays this out to them and they experience the anxiety of, what do you mean? Remember last week, where are you going? How can we go there too? Their anxiety, he responds to, I will not leave you comfortless. And I'm going to talk to the Father. And the Father will send another advocate, a comforter, to be with you. And although the world doesn't know me, and although I'm not visible in the way that I have been visible, you will still know my presence. That's the promise. Now we are in the sixth Sunday of the season of Easter. And this Thursday, the church celebrates the Feast of the Ascension, which comes 40 days after Easter Sunday. On the Feast of the Ascension, we remember that the resurrected Jesus leaves his disciples again. Just to go back to the beginning, Jesus is born at Christmas. He's incarnated into the world. He lives among us and heals and comforts and preaches and shows us the way of love. He dies. And on Good Friday, when we remember his death, we mark, too, that period between Good Friday and Easter where Jesus is absent, the one who has been among us showing us how to love, dies and leaves us. And though Jesus promised the apostles that he would not leave them comfortless, nevertheless, there is that period between Good Friday and Easter Sunday where we as a church remember that there are seasons of our life where we don't know for sure that God is there, where we don't experience God in the way we had been used to, and where love seems absent and where grief and pain seem to triumph. On the third day, Jesus rises again on Easter Sunday. There is a new life for 40 days the risen Christ walks among the people again, and they know him as they did not know him before. He cooks fish with them on the beach. He appears to them at Emmaus and breaks the bread. He walks through a locked door to show them that he is real. He shows them the marks on his body to show that he is the same one who lived and died. But on the 40th day, he ascends into heaven. And the disciples all stand there in the Gospels, <laughs> looking up to heaven. The ascension, in a way, is another Good Friday. It's another moment where the disciples are like, wait, wait where are you going? Don't leave us. 
comfortless. And despite Jesus' promise, I will not abandon you, even in a season of Easter and resurrection and new life, we can still experience the grief and the loss and wondering, God, where, where did you go? Thursday is the ascension, and it's 10 days until Pentecost when the Holy Spirit falls on the body of Christ and lights them up, when they again experience the renewing power of God. So I just want to point out that there are not one, but two periods in our liturgical calendar which acknowledge the reality that even when we walk the way of love and even when we do the practices of the body of Christ and even when we are faithful, there will be seasons where we experience great grief and loss and where we will even question, God, where did you go? There are seasons that will be heavy. Our liturgical calendar gives us seasons to practice the presence of God, but also to practice knowing that there may be seasons of absence. Jesus' promise to those of us who at any point experience a season marked by what feels like absence is the promise, I will not leave you comfortless. I am coming to you. You will know me. No matter what the circumstances are. So in these seasons that may be marked by absence, or even in seasons where the sweetness of celebration, the sweetness of our love for those who mothered us, is marred or mixed with grief. Christ will not abandon you. You will not be orphaned, but you will be comforted. And going back to that tea, everyone who came into that space, and there were people celebrating, there were people struggling, there were people who had lots of money and people who had nothing left, all sitting side by side. We have the opportunity to make that promise of God true, that there is comfort when we sit by one another side by side. We can be the true presence of that spirit, which is a comforter, an advocate, an encourager. We as a church in the body of Christ. Now we take up that call, filled with the Holy Spirit, to care for, comfort, to mother and to father, to be sisters and siblings and brothers and even one another's children to care for one another so that God's promise 
for those living in seasons of absence will be true. You will be comforted. Amen. Amen.